0: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome to the PowerCat Podcast, GoPowerCat.com's Kansas State Athletics Show. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, from the GPC studios, here's your host, Go Powercat publisher, Tim Fitzgerald.
2: Welcome one and all to another edition of the Powercat Questions podcast. Tim Fitzgerald, Zach Carlson, Cole Carmony, and the one and only Ryan Gills Gilbert right here in the GPC studios gills you look uh, a little tired need a haircut and uh that you're fantastic thank you you're quite welcome we're sponsored by the fridge you are not allowed to take naps nor get your haircut at the fridge but ryan gilbert might swing by there and pick up something fun for him and the little lady to have later Like a candy bar. You can get those at the fridge now, but why? Why? You you know, you already go in and you reward yourself with some delicious spirits or wine. Why do you need a Snickers? But you can do it. You can get a five-hour. You can do it. You can even get a lime and even the mixes for your drink. And then when you're all done buying that, stop into the cigar shop right there and get yourself a stogie and make a damn night of it. At the fridge. Where's it at? Corner of this and that, down in which we live. Folks, it's at uh, the, the, the street right up here. The, that uh, Westport and uh, Claflin. That, those two. That I can never remember. And, yeah, so we've had great suggestions. Put a sign up. Actually get a, a traffic signs because that would actually be funny to have in the office. I think that would be kind of fitting. But no, I'd much rather roll with this. We got some great questions from Wild Bass Station. We're going to do a little exercise in the second half of uh, this podcast. We're called... exercising? Uh, no, look oh. at me. Come on, man. We're going to do a little uh, mental exercise okay. uh, called uh, "What will the cats be seated in Kansas City?" You can see over there. I'm trying my best to
3: either do it or not do it. I'm kind you're, of in between.
2: Right you're now. turning very red. You're, you're just let it rip, man. We're going to leave it in the podcast. I can't go right now. On, oh, you're caught. On a spot. You're in the limbo now? Yeah. Oh, those are horrible. Might sneeze, might not. Dude will ignore you. He only worries about me with sneezes. The weirdest thing my dog does. I, I sneeze and he it. just comes running like I've blown up. Everyone else sneezes and he doesn't even flinch. Hmm. He knows something. That dog knows something. He's a smart dog. Okay, here we go with your questions from Wild Bass Station. We appreciate you listening. Make sure you're subscribing to this podcast on whatever provider you like, as I stutter. And uh, make sure you uh, follow our YouTube page. Hit subscribe on that. All of that is free. It helps us out quite a bit. And if you're on Apple, if you're listening to this podcast on Apple, leave us a five-star review. Look, if you think we're four-star, keep it to your damn self. We only want the five stars, like safest down in Oklahoma. The Tuscaloosa. No, nah, safest is Oklahoma. Don't be don't don't don't, don't be putting safest down in there in the South. I'm
4: an Okie. Here we go, Cole Carmody, with your questions from Wild Bass Station. First question comes from Eric Schneid. Schneid. When is the press conference? to announce Gills is leaving to join the basketball staff as a special advisor to Jerome Tang. Now, before we answer this question, it is important to note, he did say Zach did in say his me. question, but we um, we believe and we came to the conclusion that he is talking about Ryan since Coach Tang did shout him out, if you are unaware. After the yeah, Iowa State game, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, but I've got to ask you guys this. We had this conversation at the apartment. This was in good spirit, right? No. no? I thought it was until I watched it. I think he was being a little snarky,
3: but I think he was being snarky because Gills was a hundred percent right. I thought he was trying to be funny.
2: Well, I would have taken it more as funny if he'd gone on and answered the question. Because Tim Everson, our pal from the Mercury, asked about changing the lineup. And his whole answer was, well, I read on Twitter that Ryan wanted me to change the lineup because he said I wasn't married to the lineup. And so I did. And I thought then, because I wasn't in that press conference, I thought then he'd go on and say, this is why I did it. No, that was his answer. That's why I thought it was snarky. But, um, you know, I don't think Coach Tang is that mean-spirited. I think he was just... Maybe it came across more, but we laughed. We thought it was funny. And and honestly, uh, Gills also suggested different defensive rotations, um, how to get Keontae Johnson going. And also, he I don't know if he saw this on Twitter. He said, "What if we turned out the lights during sandstorm and used everyone's lights on their phones?" Ryan Gilbert is changing the face of Kansas State athletics in a way none of you have ever dreamed. He's a leader. He's a visionary. And by God, he's a friend of mine, Ryan Gilbert.
5: Coach Gilbert.
2: Coach Ryan Gilbert. Thank you. What do you think, Gills?
5: When it first initially happened, I thought it was kind of a jab at me. But I don't know. By and large, it's not that big of a deal one way or another. But, but let's be honest. He stuck with the lineup again. He <laughs> sure, did. Sure. Yeah. So. <laughs> like, at
3: lineup's think... now at 2-0. Oh. Like, I think he meant it lighthearted. But at the same time, it was a jab because... You were right. I think that I think that's what it came down to. It was like, yeah,
4: I saw that, but also D was right. It's kind of like a backhanded compliment. Well, a bit. and let me back
2: this up with this. He shared a story last night, Tuesday night, after the win over Baylor, about one of his staff members, Anthony Winchester, talking about coach, you used to always be telling the team to go, 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 get on the fast break, and now you're telling them to slow down. And he admitted that he pushed back on that. And then went home and evaluated it, came back to the office the next day and said, you know what? You're right. Yeah. So I wonder if Jerome Tang isn't admitting that outside thoughts like that, sometimes he takes it personally, like you're attacking what I'm doing instead of just making a suggestion. And we all have things that we want to change about ourselves. And we all like to think Jerome Tang and Jerome Yang, by the way, don't want to leave you out, <laughs> uh, is, you know. Superhuman because he, he can obviously jump. So, but yeah, maybe that's just something he does. He just kind of pulls back when you say you're doing something wrong, even if it's politely stated. And maybe this is, and although you know, in all fairness, Jack uh, Jackass over here, uh, <laughs> oh my God, that's not your name. Ryan Gilbert uh, did call everyone names when he we he put out. He, he, oh, okay, he didn't.
4: But it was implied that he was smarter than everyone. Else. No, he didn't do that either. Who's having fun on Twitter. Oh, that's what he did. Okay. I, I think it's cool that Tang has that relationship now with the the media. To he knows who he can say things like that to. Yeah, I feel like I agree. I agree. Like he he wouldn't say that to somebody who's not around a lot. No, but he he kind of understands the inner workings and the dynamics of you know how everybody on um, in the K State media. I think it's cool because there's no way that. You know the former coach would have said anything. He he never even mentioned people by name. I mean, he knows everybody's name. I,
2: I'm honestly two three years into the previous coaching staff. He still didn't know my name. Yeah, and when he called D. Scott Fritz and the dude at the thing, he didn't know his name. <laughs> this is unbelievable. But yeah, I'll, I'll say this. Um, I I want Coach Tang to understand now. I'm keeping this in my back pocket. If he ever. In his next 20 years as Kansas State's basketball coach, and I'll be here, uh, says, well, I don't read stuff on Twitter. (laughs) I will respond, well, tell Ryan Gilbert that. (laughs) And, you know, everyone will be going, who's Ryan Gilbert? Because he'll be a has-been by then. And in 20 years from now, what's he going to be doing? He's going to be like juggling on the streets of Reno. That's pretty specific. I can see the future. (laughs)
4: Uh, next question comes from Darren Sproles, super fan. How did this coaching staff make such a miraculous turnaround? I believe preseason, uh, Zach. I don't think he spelled this right with this word right, but it'd be consensus had this team finishing at best fifth or sixth. That word is consciousness consciousness. Preseason consciousness?
3: I think he probably meant consensus, but the word that is uh, okay. before us <laughs> is indeed a word. I was like, I know what it that says. consciousness. I know what that God, says. Deep. Deep. I think he did mean consensus. Like Apologies, we're, I missed we're, that
2: one. We're we're picking
4: up the greater consciousness of all <laughs> the college basketball.
2: What was the question again?
4: Uh he says how did they make such a miraculous turnaround? I believe preseason consensus had this team finishing at best fifth or sixth.
3: All I'm thinking about is this is a guy that's a Darren Sproles super fan asking a basketball question. Like, are we sure right. this isn't a football question? <laughs>
4: okay. I I would
2: contend that while they expected to be successful this year, this goes beyond even their own expectations. They didn't expect to be, you know, three games from the end of the regular season and in third place in the Big 12. They didn't expect to be not just a lock to be in the NCAA tournament already, but probably a top-four seed. They're going to have to lose out probably to screw that up. In all honesty, if if losing at Texas Tech and Oklahoma didn't blow up them being a top-four seed, because even after that, they were a three-seed, according to the actual committee, not Joe Lenardi or CBS or anyone else, the actual committee now puts out the top-16 and they were a three seed after those two losses. I was stunned by it. But again, I don't follow all the, co- I'm not a voter. I focus on Kansas State. Um, and I, I don't, so I don't follow it all. And I, I guess in the big picture, they would be. But guys, if they win a game or two more, certainly two more, if they win a game in Kansas City, they might be a three or even a two, depending on what else goes out there. That, uh, that just blows my mind, because even when Kansas State won the Big Twelve, they weren't that high a seed, were they? No, I, I don't. I'd have no. to go back. They and were like a three four,
4: seed. Three? No, they were no. They were both four seeds. Okay. Yeah, I thought they were both fours. Unbelievable. And they lost to thirteen. I think they. I can see them getting to that two line. I really can. I mean, if they win two of these three remaining regular season games and win a game in Kansas City, you're looking at 25 regular season wins. Oh, man, that's in, getting up there. In the best conference in America. Let's get up there, yep. It's hard to argue that you're not one of the best eight teams in the country at that point. Well, winning
2: the Big 12 title means nothing in Kansas City. I mean, the tournament. Winning the tournament means nothing because, really, by then, the committee's kind of got everything baked in. They're just going to move things around if there's a stunning upset. So if you're in the championship game – you know, and you're you're playing Texas or Kansas or even Baylor or you know any that really anyone in the Big Twelve. You've you're,
4: already cemented, your
2: yeah. Spot. You're you're baked into your seed probably, uh, unless they're
4: either oring the the winner of that game between a two and a three. I I, I could even you could even make the argument. K State wins what? How many games they got to play in Kansas City? Three. mm Mm-hmm. So they got potentially six more games until the NCAA tournament. Yes is hypothetically speaking, if they win six games in or, you could make them an argument as a one seed. No, if they win six games and win the – yeah, I think they would. They would. Which is just remarkable, especially considering they could finish third in the conference. But the thing is, that's not out of the realm of, of – it's not out of the realm of possibility. That's what's amazing about
2: that is if they go 3-0 and in the regular season to finish up, they still will in all likelihood be third in the conference. All right? We'll mm-hmm. get to that later in the, yeah. the this episode, but it's it's fascinating that Texas and Kansas have opened up a two game gap now, and everyone else kind of mm-hmm. snuck that out there. So they would both have to go one and two, unlikely in K State three and zero, just to get a tie going here.
4: Very, very, very interesting to me. I just don't see a world where Baylor gets a seed higher than K State assuming that they have similar ending of the seasons based upon K-State has beaten them head-to-head twice. It's very hard for the committee to argue that K-State's not better than Baylor right. when they've literally beat them on the road and on their home court. And they, they dominated them. Let's just call it how it is on it, Tuesday night. It was They dominated horrible. them. So, that I mean, might have been one of the better games they played as a team
2: because they didn't shoot the ball well. Mm-hmm. They were awful from three-point range, but they went to the boards. They got rebounds. Their, their scoring in the paint was outrageous. What, 42 to 16? They outscored <laughs> uh, a team with two of the best posts in the league that come in, rotate. They always have a really big, strong, physical post player in that K-State lacks, and they still did it. Damn it. Zach, back to, now I'm going to sneeze.
5: <laughs> back to the question, though. It's really interesting because I believe that the answer is the hard work that K-State put in in the off season and throughout the season, just in practices, working on fundamentals, scouting, all that stuff. But the last couple of games, it's kind of started after the Oklahoma game that Tang has said that they're going to ease up practices, give them more breaks, and so that they can have fresh feet under them. And we're starting to see now that, that maybe not working as hard is beneficial, but by and large for the whole season, to answer your question, Darren Sproul's super fan, I think it's... Just the work in the off-season,
2: in the gym, practice facility, all that stuff. Our podcast. I just leave those in. This is my sneezes in the background. I thought it was interesting. He, he, he talked about that last night, about kind of backing off, trying to keep them fresh. Um, because he also said we have them go really hard for a brief period of time, just kind of get them warmed up and get going, and then they back off. Like, I mean, there's a science there that I, I don't understand, but you can't just shut the body down all the way. You keep – you turn. well, I have – by the way, and you can see the results. They're amazing. I mean, I'm a specimen, but uh, they make them go really hard. And maybe that's where when someone told me they're going really hard in practice, that's what they knew about. But then they back off and get them fresh. And let's be blunt here. They they were better against Iowa State, but they look like their old selves against Baylor. They looked fresh and not just physically, mentally. They look like they got back to what they need to do, which means and I think Marquise Noel, Coach Stang brought this up too, that I think he told the guys in the locker room at halftime at Iowa State, look, if I'm putting the ball on the floor, going to the hole, I need people to get the ball to. Because if you go back, he would get up in the air, and there's literally no one available. Nobody has moved. They're all standing behind the three-point lane, which they didn't do earlier, and they're not doing now. They continue to attack the rim, make themselves available to their point guard. Anytime he has 10 assists and zero turnovers, I don't care if he's 0 for 6 from three-point range or whatever he was. was 0 for 6, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. Um, They're probably going to win because that's how good he was. Now, you add in the possibility that he has one of those games and he hits three of those three-pointers, K-State can and will beat anyone in the country.
4: And that's what makes this interesting. What's cool about this whole situation, guys, is I think when they put this team together – That coaching staff knew that they had an NCAA tournament team. They knew they had an NCAA tournament roster. Take that back. They knew they had an NCAA tournament roster. Maybe not a team, but they knew they had a roster of guys that could get to the NCAA tournament. The beginning part of play, conference play, I feel like Tang kind of felt like they were overachieving a little bit. And he's even said, we scored 116 points against Texas. We scored over 90 points against Baylor. You're not going to do that night in and night out.
2: Well, they've proven that.
4: He understood that. And now I think he started to realize with backing off of practices, as you mentioned, Gills, okay, this team, they they figured it out. Right. We don't have to push them as hard because they're starting to figure out, they've carved out roles, they've come together as a team. I just, after Look, watching those two games, that, that looks like a dangerous team. Yeah. They, they probably knew they had the potential to be in
2: the NCAA tournament, but there's two kind of subsets of coaches the ones who can actually look at players um, and evaluate them for what they really are, whether they're recruiting them or they're on their roster. And there's coaches that believe just because we recruited them, they're outstanding players. Like the clown that told me Javon Thomas would be all big 12. Look, this isn't a personal attack about the young man, but if I were to scout a team uh, and a player, and he could not shoot free throws as a point guard, and his name was not Doug Gottlieb, I would not believe he could be all anything. You have to be so incredible at everything else that you can overcome that. But last night is a perfect example of why a point guard needs to be able to shoot free throws because Marquise Noel scored 10 points at the line. 10 to 10, wasn't he? And Javon uh, Thomas couldn't shoot anything from anywhere, Uh, and one of the guys on the previous staff thought he was all Big 12. So I think they understand the type of player they got, the type of basketball they wanted to play, and how each one of those guys fit into all of that. And as they got on and on, they were lacking the alpha, not understanding that Marquise Noel was kind of becoming an alpha, wasn't just an off-the-court leader, but he would be on, and then lo and behold, they found Keontae. Uh,
4: And that's when it all galvanized that this was going to be a pretty good team. But this, wow. Wow. You lead right into the next question. Fitz from CW Powercat. Where do Keontae Johnson and Marquise Noel rank among the best K-State players of the 21st century? It's
2: hard for me to do this off of one season, unless you're Michael Beasley, whose one season was so spectacular that these are deep in the shadows of that.
4: But as a pairing, pretty damn good. I think you could make the argument Keontae can be in the same conversation as far as turning the program around as Beasley. No, no, no. flipping but, the trajectory. But let's put it this way:
2: we got to get to the end of the season to make that evaluation. That's fair. Yeah. I mean, if if they make an elite eight run type of thing and Keontae is a force in the tournament, then I'm going to put him way up there in, in Marquise. But Keontae's the one that. As we saw against Baylor, he's the dude that that makes you elite. He just he can, and I say that with all respect that he's a great player. But he's going to get a lot better when he gets better handles and gets his mid-range jumper down. He's going to be really dangerous in the NBA. Right now, those are holes in his game. I hope he's really working on. But uh, yeah, uh, let's let's get to the end of the season before we. Start talking about their legacy.
3: I think right now, you know, on Twitter, those grids where you have $15 to create a starting five. I feel like both of them are probably in that $2 to $3 range. Really? I mean, right now
2: might go three to four, but yeah,
3: but of all history, right? All of well, at least in the 21st century, century. Yeah. I think that you can look at a lot of guys from a lot of past teams that you would put above i would say that there's at least two guys are you picking each position before five guys per row yeah like there's five there's 25 guys on this grid five positions one through five dollars they're the two or three
2: dollar let's extend this this way if if marquise keeps putting up numbers the assist numbers now that he's broken the record um and you know gets back on track scoring is he a rafters guy no
5: does he break at least one record
4: yeah. He may, He's going to make one NCAA
5: yeah. tournament. Oh, I guess
4: he's yes. broke. The he's going to make right. one NCAA tournament. No, you can make the argument that Bill Walker and there, Michael Beasley made one NCAA tournament as well. Well, they're also not in the rafters.
3: There's it, too many. And does Mike belong there? There's too many people that do not that are not currently in the rafters that belong there before Marquise Noel. That's
2: there's us. at least fifty guys. So there's at least five guys before. Television became color that belong in the rafters. Right now, they've right. got to
4: correct that. I mean, you got all Americans that aren't in the rafters. They've got to correct. That. Are we? I guess the question with Marquise, if we're talking legacy, is in the 21st century, what point guards statistically compare with him? Yeah, I'm not equipped to that. There's yeah. none. But I mean, it's hard to say. Clemente, that. Clemente, back, Den- back, scoring. Denny Clemente averaged 12 points and three assists in his career. Marquise Noel averages seven assists and seventeen points this year. I'm not looking at stats with Clemente. I'm sorry. I mean, even if you want he to talk about dude. if you want to talk about Jake too, Marquise averages more points than 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 Jake did. I mean, I, I I understand that recency bias is a real thing, and the teams that they're on play the game differently. But what Marquise Noel is doing this season is unprecedented as far as statistics go. I mean, we've never seen a point guard who can dish out the rock and score at a clip that he has done this year. I mean, it's remarkable, and especially when you throw in the turnaround he had compared to last season. I mean, this is the the biggest jump statistically that any player has taken um, in, in the Big 12 at least. I mean, if we want to mention turnovers,
5: he's probably set a record in the last 21st century for turnovers as well.
2: Could be. Uh, yeah. I don't know if that's something to keep it. That's interesting to look at. Hey, Zach. um. I got a quick question for you as we step aside here. Um, Is the phrase recency bias and believing in recency bias subject to recency bias? Probably. Okay. Like so like the younger generation talks about recency bias a lot uh, and I'm thinking it's just recency
4: bias. It's just something that they've studied recently, and that now they believe it. What's a successful, as I bring this full circle, what's yeah. a successful assist-to-turnover ratio? Two-to-one, two one. Yeah. yeah. That's what Marquis says. That's what Marquis says a better-than-two-to-one assist-to-turnover ratio this year. And last year— But chucking up a three-pointer from 45 feet out is basically a turnover.
3: Yeah, I think you got to look at some of the boneheaded plays that aren't necessarily statistics—
4: Bad shots, I, 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 and I agree with that. But I, I I'll also say, just say this: he makes those shots too. So for okay. every three shots he doesn't make, statistically he's shooting thirty-three percent from three. So so for every three shots he doesn't take, or he, he, or for every three shots he takes, he'll miss two and make one. That's pretty good for. Well, this for is that.
2: this is where I've come on Marquise. This is how far down the road I have come with Marquise Noel. After Cam Carter missed his third three-pointer against Baylor, I'm like, dude, shut it down. Work on other parts of your game because he was doing his rebounding great. He had a great game despite 0-for-fiving or whatever it was from three-point range. Um you know, he, he took it to the hole. He was great inside the circle. Awful beyond. Marquise, after he'd missed five and took his six, I mean, like, yeah, buddy. That one's going in. no, it didn't. I mean, he's kind of made me believe that he's going to make the shot, which is not at all what I thought of Marquise Noel a year ago. But he's earned that. Um, and, boy, I get back to this. Guys, they, they dismantled a really good team in Baylor. And that's, a, and that's a tough matchup when Baylor's got everyone back. And the freshmen now I – mean, George is amazing. He's Anthony, incredible. George is incredible. He's a freshman. That's a tough matchup, and they took him apart um, with Marquise Noel not playing well in terms of scoring. Oh man, That's, it, that, but, this team's just got a whole other layer to it. But
3: back to what Gil said about Denny and Jake, and that kind of puts my point in that two to three dollar range. You're not taking. You're not putting Denny or Jake below Marquise right now. I don't think you can. I think that from, you know, the last 23 years of K-State basketball.
2: What's the opposite of recency bias? Old bias? The Fitz bias. It's cold. I just... Being a But, no, I kind of see what Gills is saying. Denny Clemente is a unique player, character, in K-State basketball history because... The speed at which he would open up the court, and then everyone else. I, I his assist number just kind of stuns me that it was that low. But also, they were essentially running two point guards, so everything kind of got run, you know, watered down by having Jake and Denny out there together. So,
4: I huh. just if this team goes to the places that they can go this year in the NCAA tournament, like Bucky's, they could do that. Okay, I don't, I don't think we're going anywhere. Well, on the way to, to Houston. Houston, on the way to Houston. Uh, uh, yeah, I think that these two. It'll take some time for K State fans to realize how good of a one two combination this really is. Because even today, I hear it all the time oh, K State, they're going to be pretty good next year. They're going to be. That's just what K State fans do. They look into the future and they tend to be more pessimistic than they should be. You have two guys that are going to be first team, all Big 12. These two guys, well, they should be. They should Uh. be. They should be. I'll die on that. They should be. I just, I think that these two guys are special, and you need to enjoy the the last few games you have watching with them because there's not very many players that have the skill set that these two guys have.
2: There was one thing that the committee did that kind of threw me off. As I kind of shift back a little bit, they had K State at a three and KU at a one, but both in the West going to Las Vegas, which I'm all for. I don't know if you know that about me, but I'm all for any reason to go to Vegas, and they had Houston going to Kansas City. I don't think the committee would actually do that. Houston, if you're in Houston, does it really make a difference if you're going to Kansas City or Vegas? I would almost think Vegas would be easier for them to get to, even though it's further because of the number of flights. Yeah. So I don't know, but anyhow, I, uh, they're they're really good players. We need to see it shake out. I think the only person that I've seen that uh, I truly believe belongs in the rafters in the short term, um, and maybe Dean Wade gets there, but it's Barry Brown. Yeah. And maybe Dean, you know, from his accolades he had, honestly, I think Dean Wade won a lot of votes on upside. You know, he wasn't quite everything he should have been. He was injured a little bit. I thought Bruce Weber did a horrible job of getting the best out of him. Um, which is not un- which is unlike Bruce Weber. He usually got the best out of guys. I and mean, that was one of the things he did. Uh, but uh yeah, I mean he received a lot of conference accolades that you know might get him into the rafters. But we'll see how it all plays out. If this team goes to Final Four, both of them will be in the rafters.
4: Does it have to deal with I agree? Does it have to deal with work case date? Is going as a program because this could be that foundation team that Tang just. You know that's goes an interesting on. point. That's kind of and I that's mean, kind of where I see where it. Nobody's going to decide whether they belong in the rafters in April.
2: They're going to decide if they belong in the rafters five years from April or whatever it is, at the very earliest, and maybe the program is absolutely rocking and rolling at that point, and the appreciation for what. Key and Keys and Quan I love that they all have those kind of names, uh, have done for this team means so much more at that point. But if uh, if they have a nice little spurt here and then Jerome Tang moves on to somewhere else and the program backs up and there's nothing long-lasting, then that also probably impacts them. I don't know if that's fair or not, but I think that's realistic.
4: Mm-hmm. Good conversation. Uh, the last question of the first half comes from Purple underscore Texan hmm. wonder where they're from uh, in the past purple. I remember there being a feeling that Scott drew was not of good character or quote unquote slimy from fits and other members of the media. Has your opinion of him changed since Tang has arrived in Manhattan?
2: My opinion of him changed actually before that, um, but not in the magnitude that now it has. So early on Scott drew's problems were Scott drew inflicted. Like, he was really good with the people around him and in his circle and people at Baylor loved him. But he was known for dirty recruiting. He was known for possibly cutting corners. Um, And he wasn't well-liked by his colleagues. And I I know that for a fact. Um, And I think he's done a good job of reforming himself. I think he apologized in some way, maybe not formally, but has— has kind of calmed all that down because now he doesn't need a dirty recruit. I think he was a young guy in over his head in a competitive conference and he was scraping and clawing to make things happen. And that include maybe trashing other people or, you know, I, and the other thing that always made people suspicious of Baylor was being a private school. They just don't let people see anything inside their program at all. They don't, I mean, it's a, it's a fortress around that basketball program. But, um, uh, well, I'll just say this. Everyone thought Jerome Tang was a bad guy, was uh, the bag man, the guy that actually handed out the money, did all the dirty work. Did the, My God, were we wrong. I couldn't be further from the truth. Uh, and and I, I've heard this from reporters all around the conference because one of the things I really appreciate about how Jerome Tang went about his business is he didn't hog the limelight in any way from his boss down at Baylor. Despite being a very extrovert, very much an extrovert, and having a big personality, he kind of bottled that up not to overshadow his boss. Because I was talking to a beat writer after the game, and he said, yeah, he never did any of this at Baylor. I mean, jump! what he did, first of all, <laughs> the feat of athleticism he showed after that game was remarkable. And then he sits down and says, I tried to tell you I was athletic. Yeah, I thought he broke his head. I thought he, I thought we were going to watch the death of Jerome Tang yes. on the court because the, he jumped up on those edges of those courtside tables and they moved. And he tipped backwards. <laughs> and I had a perfect side angle on him. I thought, oh, he's going over backwards and cracking his head open from from height. Um, but, yeah, I— I think we can admit now over the last five years and what Baylor's done, we were all wrong about what was going on down there. Uh, And on top of that, it's become clear to me that they weren't going out and finding bad kids. I talked to a Baylor alum. He was on the trip with the team. So he must be pretty big up there. Maybe he was an official. I don't know. But um, Baylor official. Uh, And I said, Keontae George went by us on his way to the media room. And I said, that kid is special. And he goes, and he's even nicer kid. And I think now we understand that that has been a fundamental belief at Baylor. we got to go get good people who are also good basketball players. We're not going to bring in. And that's exactly what he did when he came to K-State. I'm going to bring in good people that are good basketball players. And I think we saw him back off some people that he decided were really good basketball players but not going to fit into my locker room. I'm not bringing that
4: time bomb into, into my locker room. I remember watching Scott Drew when I was younger and saying, wow, they always get all these good players, but then they always choke or "Well, they have all these good players, but he can never do anything with them. I just always remember saying Scott Drew looked like the guy from Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Um, Rick Moranis. Yes. That's what I thought he looked like. And my opinion of him has completely changed. Well, I think he, he, Dana Altman. Yeah. um, Started too
2: young, went through growth. And then turned out to be a really good coach as he learned more and more as he went. So I think it's impressive.
4: And I find myself watching Baylor more now and rooting for Baylor more now, knowing that Tang has brought that same kind of culture from Baylor yeah. to K State. I think it's pretty cool.
2: Anything, Gills? I agree.
4: Would you uh would you put Scott
2: Drew on your Christmas card list? Sure. Okay. Do you send out Christmas cards? No good because i didn't get one you jackass that's it for the first half of the power cat questions podcast fitz and zach and coles and gills all of us with Z's. we'll be right back after this
0: gopowercat.com's power cat podcast continues after this short break
1: selling a little or a lot
0: Welcome back to the PowerCat Podcast. Now, let's return to the GPC Studios.
2: Welcome back to the PowerCat Questions Podcast, sponsored by our friends at Fridge Wholesale Liquor. If you're ever in town, uh, whether you're a K-State fan or not, um, the only thing is you need stuff from the fridge. If you don't, I mean, look, it's a liquor store. Let's just be honest. But if you do enjoy products that might be found in a liquor store, even with the now less stringent, rules in kansas where they can sell mix and drinks and candy and all other things everything you need for your party stop at the fridge it's right up the corner from where we're sitting right now on at westport and claflin in manhattan kansas it you know uh, if you ever rented a movie at blockbuster in manhattan you know exactly where it is olds the hell's a blockbuster exactly exactly Oh, man. A Taco Tico. these days. Yeah, I threw the Taco Tico thing out there and just baffled people. (laughs) Baffled them.
3: Wait. What? The Taco Tico. Last week. It was a Taco Hut. No, I know.
2: I know. But we talked about Taco Tico last week. Okay. It's Taco Hut where the food shoots out here. Anyhow, um, uh, we're going to go to your questions at Wabash Station in a little bit. But first, we're going to have a little uh, exercise. Okay, guys. Okay. Not calisthenics. We're going to go through the remaining games on the Big 12 schedule and try to sort out who's going to be what seed. And we're using, we believe it's MRED's site. It is, uh, you can just cite MRED is one word. The letter M as in uh, mother. Red. And then it just comes up. I mean, it's great. If people use it so often, yeah. it just pops up. So, yeah, he's got every game left here. You plug in the winners and losers, and it'll spit out the bracket for the Big 12 tournament. You are doing the Lord's work if the Lord was a Big 12 basketball fan. I just want, if you're listening to this, Mr. M or Red, or maybe it's Mr. Ed. I mean, it reads, it could be Mr. Ed's, but I don't know. I got confusing. Let's just do this, guys. Okay. Home team first and everything I'm about to say. uh, Coming up this weekend, Baylor- Plays host to Texas. Who wins this game? This is a really good game. I'll go
4: Baylor. Baylor. Baylor's not losing three
2: in a row. It's at home. You're yeah, going Baylor, Baylor,
4: too? Okay.
2: Got Baylor. Iowa State plays host to Oklahoma. Iowa State? Kansas. Yes. Kansas plays uh, West Virginia. Okay. Oklahoma State. Uh, for uh, fun, though, it'd be fun to say. West Virginia, wouldn't it? Yeah, it what, would be, be it Zach. Is? I know what you're up to, but let's just do this honestly. Okay. okay. Uh, Oklahoma State and this team called Kansas there's, I don't know if it stands for statistics or station Kansas Kansas st- Kansas State. Oh, that. Oh, that's that's the Team that we is, That's us. Uh, does K State win that game, or does Oklahoma State win that game? No, I just put you guys on the spot. You nobody wants to answer now.
5: I go Oklahoma State until K State. They've lost five in a row on the road okay. until K State
3: wins one away from Bramwich. I got to go Oklahoma State. I can't forget and Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. State's been better than they were when
4: they played K State the first. Kind game. of, but now they're, they're starting to reel. They were. They went through a stretch they, had,
3: where, they were fun for a little bit. Texas Tech is now the fun team in the Big Twelve right, right I,
4: now. I, yeah, I, I tend to lean. I I thought I was going to say Oklahoma State if you would ask me before the game against Baylor. I would say K-State now. I think Oklahoma State's reeling. They can't score right now. K-State is playing really well. I actually think the line will be what? Oklahoma State minus two? Oh, no. (laughs) I don't think.
3: I I think K-State will be favored. You think K-State
4: will be favored? No. I don't
5: think
3: so. No. Baylor was minus one and a half. That's all. Like, I'm just. I get that it's bad probably to compare.
5: It was different, different games of so different teams but in Norman and then Tech was favored by what one in Lubbock. Yeah. And so this game, just because uh, of maybe the fact that it's away from Bramwich, K-State's not going to be a favorite.
4: I need an answer, Zach. Who's winning? Go right.
5: Oklahoma State, because that'll
3: at least give us some optimism when we look at this bracket. Okay.
4: So wh- who do you who would you say wins?
2: Fitz. I, I guess if for the the purposes of teams. this, I'd pick Oklahoma State. Yeah. Okay. Just for the purposes of this. Okay. Texas Tech and Plays host to
4: TCU. Oh, my God. I think TCU wins that game. You do? You think that? Yeah. I think the Tech run is about a- a- out of gas. Mike Miles, Eddie Lampkin, they're back. Okay. They just lost a tough game, yeah.
2: We just picked our first road winner. Iowa State, uh, now we're looking for the midweek games here of next week, February 27th through March 1st. Did you know there's only like 28 days in February? <laughs> That's wild. That's something new they just came out with. <laughs> Anyhow, Iowa State plays host to West Virginia. Uh Gills, you're a big Steelers fan, which is like West Virginia. Um, I mean, you know, kind of the same colors, kind of-ish. You know, Yellow, blue, black, dark, gold, yeah, whatever. Uh, they're only like 30 miles apart an hour. Um, you, you're probably going to pick the Mountaineers? You're kind of a closet Mountaineer fan, aren't you? I'll go Iowa State. Okay. Playing at home. Yeah. Hilton. Iowa State. Okay. Oklahoma State then plays
4: host to Baylor. Now, look. We think- just picked Oklahoma State to beat the team that swept Baylor. They're not beating K-State and Baylor in back-to-back games. So now we're going with Baylor? Yeah, we're taking I Baylor. I think if they beat K-State, they'll lose to Baylor. If they K-State beats them, they'll beat Baylor. So for the purposes of this... You guys confuse em. me more than my college girlfriend.
2: Okay, uh, Kansas plays host to Texas Tech. Easy. Yeah, whatever. Uh, Kansas State plays host to Oklahoma.
4: Yep. Yep. They don't lose to OU again. K-State.
2: Okay. Um. And then TCU and Texas tangle at the Frog Dome. I
4: really want to say TCU in this game, but yeah, I'll go TCU. But I, I, I'm not confident in that though at all. What do you got there, Gil? Texas. I'm going to override here. I'm going to say yeah. Texas. Oh,
2: what? Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to step in here. I think I don't see Texas losing both at Baylor and TCU. I just don't see them losing both. Oh, I guess we did.
3: We did take.
2: Yeah, I'm in okay. advantage Fair here, enough. staring at Fair what enough. we picked. Okay, Baylor and Iowa State uh, closing up the last weekend of games. Um, Baylor, Baylor. Okay, Oklahoma plays
4: host to TCU. That seems like an upset to me. I'm just gonna throw that out there. I, I don't really think it'll happen, but it. it I think something should, is gonna happen that we're not expecting.
3: We need. We should pick TCU for at least when we build this bracket,
2: personally. I don't mm-hmm. care about that. What are we doing here, Gills? What are you doing? Frogs up? Is that what do they say? I don't think I don't they care. say that. They say we're, we're damn happy to be here. Sure.
5: Okay. Damn happy to happy to pick the frogs.
2: Okay. Uh, Texas plays Kansas. See, these teams. Uh, one's called the Longhorns, and one I think I don't even know what their mascot is. Uh, but yeah, they play uh, in Austin, which is weird. Uh, Not the the game. The town. Texas. Texas is going to beat KU? They should have beat KU and Lawrence. Okay. Well, I don't care what Gill thinks.
3: Okay, whatever. I got KU anyway. Yeah, I think KU's rolling. Oh, I want Texas. Bill
2: Sills. Well,
5: Obviously, I want Texas to win this game, but
4: yeah, it's not what we want. Okay, I want well, Texas. Okay, hypothetically speaking, before we spit this bracket out,
2: thank you. Me spitting
4: if they win this game, do they win the Big Twelve? Uh, is that what it comes down to? Uh, no, because we gave them another loss, though they would tie for it. So, yeah, that's so, why I think yeah, Texas wins. Texas needs to win this to tie. Yeah.
5: Who do you trust more? The, the guy who's won, what, 17 conference titles or Rodney Terry, who I love, but I'm trusting Bill Self.
4: I think I get that and I agree with you, but I think Texas is more talented than Kansas.
2: I would agree with home. that, yeah. Tech
4: plays host to so Oklahoma do State. So who we pick Texas? We're yes. picking Texas. Yeah.
2: yeah. Jesus. Tech and Oklahoma State. And Lubbock.
4: That's a game that Tech, they win, they are on the bubble. I think Texas Give me Tech. tech. Go go
2: Tech. And then West Virginia plays host to Kansas State. Does Kansas State lose its final two games on the road? No. I think they're more likely
4: to win in Stillwater than West Virginia, but. I think West Virginia season's over at this point. They're not in the NCAA tournament. You're right. They would be 0-2 over the remaining games here. And and Oklahoma State's right on the bubble if all these losses. Tech might be in. I think K-State wins that game. West Virginia at home. They match up well with West Virginia. They in a the game, game that Bob
3: Huggins is not getting any younger. I don't know. what. Yeah.
2: Well, who among us are?
3: So this was the first game.
2: Right. First and, and the last, last
5: game. So it's been a yeah. while since these two teams have met. Just it's saying.
4: Basically
2: since the bowl
5: game.
4: And 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 <laughs> thank you. Hypothetically, and in, not hypothetically, it's real life. Why did I say hypothetically? hypothetically K-State's gotten better. West Virginia's gotten worse. West Virginia was ranked when these two teams played. K-State was still figuring themselves out. K-State has gotten better. West Virginia's gotten worse. And K-State still won.
2: Honestly, I don't think it matters what we pick. I think the, the seedings are baked in. Let's just pick Kansas State to win okay. this game. Calculate seeds. Imred. you're doing God's work here. It's amazing. Here we go. Texas would be the one seed if, if they tie with KU. Interesting. I they they must have the tiebreaker over Baylor. It yes, says
3: it here, right so there.
5: Yeah. Where the, defeated what? Kansas based on winning percentage against that. number six teams. TCU is two and zero.
2: Oh, uh, it's up top. Yeah. Oh well, it it po- <laughs> it didn't pop up that way. Oh, it popped weird. up
4: with it huh. there, there. So if they yeah, beat, beating. if they, but if they lose to TCU, yeah, if they lose to TCU, then they wouldn't be the one. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm.
3: Then I think it'd go to number. It just goes down the line. Number seven. Yeah. Right. It'd go down to number seven. So Oklahoma State, how'd they do against Oklahoma State? I think both
2: teams swept. Okay. So basically, with those games we picked, Texas would be the one. Kansas would be the two. Baylor would be the three. K-State and Iowa State would play the first game on Thursday at 1130 a.m. As the four and five. K-State's the four. TCU gets the final bye as the sixth seed. The 8-9 game to qualify to play Texas is between Tech, the 8, West Virginia, the 9, and
4: wow, we have Oklahoma, Oklahoma State playing Bedlam Part 3 on Wednesday to play Kansas. There could be two teams that play on Wednesday that get into the NCAA tournament. Okay, so guys, I'm going to back up, and I'm going to flip a couple games here, just see what happens
2: out of curiosity. We had Texas losing at Baylor. We had Texas beating T.C. us Let's flip those results. Let's have him. We, we decided Texas isn't going to lose both road games, so let's flip the results. Texas there. beating Baylor
4: and then Texas losing to TCU. Right. Calculate seeds. Wow. They would still get Texas the one. still never one. So if they tie with Kansas, because they would have beaten Baylor twice.
2: Wow. K. Houston all likely going to be the two seed that wipes me out. Uh, that would move K State to the three seed though. Okay. Well, well because that hand Baylor lost. they have the tiebreaker in Baylor, and then it. It just the only thing it impacts in this entire bracket
4: is Baylor and Kansas State flip at three and four. What happens if TC? What happens if Texas beats Baylor? They beat um, TCU, but they lose to Kansas. Well, then they're not going to be number one. They will not be number one. Correct. Hold on, we had them beating both, or they lose to TCU. They beat both and lose to Kansas, so they still finish two and one. They would still they would not be the number Kansas would be the one. Texas would be the two, K State would be the three.
2: Let's give K State a loss. Let's let, let them lose at West Virginia. Calculate seeds. K State stays four or five game. So in all likelihood, K State's going to be either the three or the four.
4: Wearing white in the first round, huh? Or
2: lavender. Maybe they just go with lavender. Mm. That's it for that. Let's get to your questions from Wabash Station.
3: Now there is a scenario where well, you could you could get K State to the one seed.
2: No, there isn't. Yeah. Well, they could be tied for the one seed, but they would end up being...
3: They would get the one seed. I did the math. I, I went through the simulator once.
2: Okay, give it to me. What it's, is it?
3: You got to have Kansas State wins out. Then you need Texas to beat KU. And then you need Texas to lose both to Baylor okay. and TCU. And then KU and needs then to lose? And then KU needs to lose West, at least once.
2: Calculate seeds.
3: Yep, there you go. K State's the number one seed. Not
2: according to mine, but I did something wrong there. There you go. <laughs> oh, you know what? I didn't <laughs> flip back the Texas key and That's why. You got to have Texas beat. So you got to have a bunch
4: of stuff happen. Oh, no, that didn't work out either. So you're that's... saying there's a chance?
3: There's a chance. There's also a chance if K State loses out and you can play around with the other teams. That one's a lot more complicated than this one,
2: but. There it is. Yep. Yeah. I can't say it'd be the one because they would have the tiebreaker on Baylor.
4: Thank you, Mr. Ed. M. Red. Missed. He's not a state fan, I guess. We don't want to let against him. Go. Uh, from 3G Wildcat, now that we have nine wins, I feel more comfortable talking NCAA tourney. What is your hope for seeding and regional placement, and what final record do you think we need to meet it? I know Fitz would say
5: Vegas, but I think Denver and Des Moines are hand Well, in hand. Vegas is the
3: sweet 16.
2: Yeah, Vegas or, is just stuff after that. I, I'd be really, really disappointed if as a two or three seed in the tournament, they didn't get Des Moines or Denver, I would be, may I throw out dismayed? I'd be dismayed. I personally think Kansas at a one, and everyone is assuming they will get Des Moines, and I'm sure that's what they would pick. They should absolutely be in Denver. To give them Des Moines and Kansas City, is outrageous, but also what do you do with Iowa state and Kansas state if they're both four seeds or top four seeds? I mean, you, you can't put what I'm saying is if you want to sell tickets at multiple venues, which is also an effort of the committee, you send KU to Denver and I guarantee you they will sell a ton of tickets out there. They will have more tickets available out there than whether you put them in Des Moines with Iowa State or Kansas State. It's going to be wherever you put Iowa State. If you put Iowa State in Des Moines, it's going to be a tough ticket. Maybe they reverse that. Put Kansas in Des Moines and put Iowa State in K-State in Denver.
3: I just don't see it. The only lock I feel like is Iowa State's going to be in Des Moines. If they're four seed, they're going to be playing one of those sessions in Des Moines.
4: Why? I don't see. I hate that personally because I. Don't. I, I, Th- I mean, that's the purpose of these. But they're a Money.
2: four seed. They're
4: a four seed.
2: Well, they're the top seed in that section. Yeah, it, they're they're the top seed in the fourteen bracket. Okay, and that's keep in mind, folks. There's now, two sessions. These are two different tournaments, two different regions being played in a essentially a pod uh, in a first second round. So you you could have a West pod and a Midwest pod. In Des Moines, which I, I'm confident will happen. I'm really confident Kansas is going to be in Des Moines. And then what you do with the other pot, I don't know. I also think you could ship in anyone at that point, because KU will sell out the arena. I've never been in Des Moines arena. I was supposed to be in Des Moines arena for a uh, concert, but there was this global pandemic. Des Moines? Des Moines. That's what the locals mm. do say. But, yeah. I'm um, so you think Greensboro, don't you, or Albany? <laughs> Orlando. Is that
4: actually a thing? Is uh-huh. that a- mm-hmm. Both are
2: sides?
3: Greensboro Sacramento. and Albany might be the two worst arenas in the tournament outside of outside of Dayton.
2: Has Lubbock ever had a re, uh, a pod uh, first thing they, they should. That's a 15,000 seat arena. I heard Bramlage was suited enough to host uh, Don't even arena. start me on that. <laughs> um yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Sacramento.
3: What else? Birmingham. Albany. Orlando. Columbus. Columbus wouldn't be horrible.
2: Birmingham's kind of fun, actually. I mean, it, I've been there. It's not bad. Gills, where do you want to go? Gills just wants I
5: want to go to, I don't know. Probably Robert. the beach. Oh, to cover the tournament. Oh. <laughs>
2: Orlando, Vegas. You want to be in the the Western bracket, but they, you get sent to Orlando. For that
4: the, makes no sense. Yeah, this
2: boy. What made no sense is the year that K State was in the playing game, and they they jumped from Dayton to Sacramento. Ooh, that's tough. That that's was so. ridiculous. Ooh. See, I think you could you could you could potentially
3: have K State, Iowa State, K State as top four seeds in one in, region, in Kansas uh, Kansas you City. K State twice. Yes. Kate, you know, those uh, those K State, the J-mops. school down the
4: road, as yeah. as Jerome Tang calls it, yeah, all all in the school.
3: KU is the one. K State is the three. Iowa State is the four. Put what? them
2: all in Kansas City. Well, y- you look, could, yeah. I mean, let's keep in mind it hasn't that long ago when K State, KU, Wichita State, and Kentucky were all in
4: St. Louis together. It was chaos, and I got food poisoning. That's a real bummer. Uh, the next question comes from Itain Bibi. Any conference, any chance conference realignment involving Pac-12 schools happens within the next two months? And as Big 12, do we want slash need one or two Arizona schools?
2: I feel like this question's for me.
4: Really? <laughs> yeah. Um,
2: yeah, there is. At this point, we need to just acknowledge that they don't have a TV deal and they're waiting – on a few things. They're waiting on a last second shot to save them, uh, or they're calling timeouts just to delay the inevitable to make it seem like they haven't lost yet. Now, supposedly Apple TV is now in the discussions, but I really find it hard to believe that Apple TV is going to offer them $300 million as a 10 team conference or $360 million as a 12 team conference. For all of their TV rights, and by the way, that still will fall up, fall short of what the Big Twelve teams will get. And while we're all concentrated on the media portion of this, the non-media portion of conference revenues, bowls, Big uh, NCAA tournament basketball, other revenue from the. Big 12 far exceeds the Pac-12. So they're saying 50 million a year on top of the 31-32 million dollars a year. So another 18 or 19 million dollars a year in other revenue for every school getting them to 50. Supposedly the SEC and Big Ten are going to be around 100. I don't believe that number personally. I think they'll be more in the 80-90 range still a significant gap. But even if the Pac-12 comes in at 30, at most are going to be like at 40 total and they're still going to be behind the Big 12. What I'm saying is at what level does less money become acceptable for Arizona, Arizona State, and some of those other schools? I personally think it's only $1 or $2 million difference. And, and they can even hide behind it if it's $1 or $2 million in the media rights because people don't understand that the media rights aren't the whole thing and they can sell that. Because honestly, people out there aren't paying attention as much as other people are. Because they don't care about college athletics, which is what this is all about. They only passively care when their team's good, with the exception of a few schools, including Utah. They, they think they're so good. They, they belong in the NBA and the NFL and the Ivy League. Uh, but, yeah, if I had to guess right now, this deal will come in at best at $25 million a school. And we're not even getting into the fact that how much streaming is too much streaming? Well, I don't know what that line is, but 100% is definitely over the line. Mm -hmm. And I would say maybe even 80. And that's what they're thinking about. They're thinking, what if Apple – you seriously want to take every one of your athletic events and put it on a streaming service that has the numbers I just saw the other night – 20% Twenty percent of the reach of Netflix or Amazon. Now they've gone from Amazon, which apparently has two hundred million subscribers, to Apple, which is forty million. That number would go up, but it would go up by at least twelve. Yeah, there'd people. be a fan from every team that would sign up. Well, then it'd only be ten. Well, no, SMU. There actually, no one from SMU would sign up. Probably two from San Diego State. The issue with Apple is it's. The perception that it's tied to the device
3: you need an iPhone you don't need an iPhone to watch Apple TV but most people would think you do grandma would grandma would think you need an iPhone but then again grandma probably has an iPhone because that's what the kids use But
4: grandma probably has an iPad too
3: that's true but I think that the Big 12 should absolutely you know to the question here they should take the Arizona schools if they want to come immediately
2: should be a non-starter. They should be in the Big 12 automatically. Getting back to that, you've got to train yourself to stop talking about markets. That's a 10-year-old concept that no longer applies to what the media entities are doing. And that was completely ESPN's doing. They trained us to talk that way because they simply wanted to sell cable subscriptions and say New York and New Jersey by inviting in Rutgers to the Big Ten. Okay, now look at all these Cable entities where we can say, yeah, I know you have ESPN. Everyone has ESPN, but you also need to have News and Plus, and uh, you know ESPN Seventeen, whatever they. The Ocho. they have to add everything, mm-hmm. everything into their. So they were basically their whole business concept was we're going to hold you hostage. And we're going to make people that have no interest in sports pay for ESPN channels. That whole model broke. That's what ESPN's. Current financial troubles are all about that model doesn't work. Here's what, and this is straight from an ESPN guy. I can't think of his name right now. Bob, that weird guy. He's got a weird Magnus. Um, they want Burke, Burke, Burke Magnus. Burke. Yeah. They want rivalries. Period. They have learned that what that draws the numbers. So if you've ever said we don't want Utah because we already have the Utah market, you're wrong. They absolutely would want Utah Mm -hmm. because of the rivalry with BYU, which apparently goes beyond a typical rivalry right into awful, unhealthy. But Arizona and Arizona State, I believe, will be the first two to come in. Um, They'll be the first two to say, let's apply. Let's get out of here. And as soon as someone says, let's get out of here, they're done. Because then it's going to be a mad scramble to be the rest of the schools coming in.
4: No matter what their paid consultants on Twitter will tell you. <laughs> the last question of the podcast comes from win-win 1943 uh, What do you think of Will Howard as a Heisman candidate? Does K State have to be undefeated for him to be in the running? I like this last question.
2: Yes. Let Bartlett, yes.
4: I, I mean,
2: it's tangible.
4: No, I mean, who would have thought Max Duggan would be a Heisman candidate? He's going to have to do it, like, through the air, though. Like, that's the thing that's going to harm him is because I saw that he's up to 243 pounds
2: now. I think it was 242. Quit calling him fat. Yeah.
4: That's pretty remarkable, Ryan. uh, Your Pittsburgh Steelers legend, Ben Roethlisberger, played his last year in Pittsburgh at a lower weight than that. Did you know that? I did not. What was his weight? I believe it was like 240. 240. He was like two pounds, but
3: still. You guys all know this. Somebody it. posted on the boards. Tw- was, it, was, was it Twitter? It was? I don't yeah.
2: Know. Okay. Somebody posted And something. here's the thing is Will's just big. He's a big dude. Ben, ben Rothsberger looked like he needed to stop going to the buffet the third time. Mm-hmm. He's eating too many. Ah! Okay. Uh, I don't know what that meant. Uh, but uh, that's big, man. And and that you know he talked about last year, I'm not I'm not running as
4: much. Dude, you're heavy. Yeah, he he can't this year. He can't. That's why I mean if we want to be completely honest, if Avery Johnson's anything close to being ready to play, it would not shock me to see him a part of four games and use that red shirt in specific packages where they feel like they could have an advantage in the quarterback run game and say you're going to be a part of the game plan this week. Yeah, I don't disagree with that at all. But to look at the Heisman conversation, Caleb Williams won the Heisman this year, as you know. His stats were ridiculous. Now, I understand he plays in a less superior, a far less superior conference. Oh, no, 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 no. I read on Twitter that the Pac-12 is better than the Big 12. He threw 4,537 yards with 42 touchdowns and five interceptions. He led college football in touchdown passes now that was in how many games 13 14 games because he played in the bowl game and he obviously played in the pac world championship game you bring out will howard and look at his stats he threw for 1633 yards with 15 touchdowns and four interceptions and he played in seven games so he played in half the game so if you just want to straight double that you're looking at over three thousand yards, about thirty-two hundred yards, thirty touchdowns, eight picks. That doesn't sound Heisman. Not not when your name will Howard, right? Yeah, right. if you've got if you're
2: Bryce or Caleb or you know, yeah, you can get close to that.
4: But it's also important to note too. He pro- those he'll, he'll get better stats this year because he will have those games at the beginning of the year against the Troys, against the who do they play game one. Not South Dakota, Simo. but SEMO. So like those numbers will go up a little bit, you would think. But um yeah, I just I could see them throwing the ball a lot more this year though. So so maybe. I mean if K State is in the conversation for a playoff, then he's he's in the conversation. But yeah, I don't just, think his name is is big enough unless they are in the conversation for the playoff, right? That's kinda of where it, yeah, it comes out. I just to. I just don't think K State plays a brand of football
3: that Will produce a Heisman candidate. I think it's just you have to. If you're a quarterback, you got to throw the ball. And if you're a running back, you got to absolutely run the ball all day. And I don't think that you know Deuce Vaughn was probably the closest
4: guy they had in the last three years. Adrian Martinez had the most name recognition to do it in the last three years, right? Yeah, but also that was just kind of ridiculous cause. talk too. Yeah, sure.
3: So, uh, Case it has to be undefeated, absolutely. To this question, yes. If they lose a
4: game forget it what's the tight end award the t- best tight end in the country how do you get go- is it the butt kiss is that what no, it is that's a linebacker or not butt kiss <laughs> <I don't know. laughs>
3: you're thinking about tight ends and butts
4: <laughs> uh, <laughs> actually I was thinking I have of no Mike. Idea. I was thinking of Mike Ditka he was a tight end uh, but yeah okay Bensonek could get a could
2: get a so I'm I'm on the uh Caesars sports book which is affiliated with CBS that's why I'm using it Will Howard is one of the 94 players listed on their futures list for Heisman Trophy. Is Jake Rubley? No, he's not on there.
4: He was last year.
2: Well, okay. um, he is $15,000. That
4: actually would be a pretty good futures bet. Ryan Gilbert,
2: would you bet $10 to win $1,500 no. on Will Howard? No. I need a, <clears throat> I need a lot more
5: than 15000
2: 15000 I agree. Would you put $5 on it to win? No, I wouldn't. I, wouldn't. I just don't. I think it's throwing money away. Now, if this bet
4: was to make it to New York, maybe. But no. No. Who's the... Who's, what's, okay, out of curiosity, what's Jalen Daniels? Let's see if I can find him. I hate that you can't search these things.
2: Yep. Yeah, boop, boop. Dylan Gabriel. What's he at? Plus 4,000. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Yeah. I saw that guy play. That's nonsense. Jalen Daniels. But he was... has
5: a better chance to win than right. Will Howard because of the name
2: on the front of his jersey. Jalen Daniels plus 6,000. That is. Will Howard is two and a half times that's higher. That's ridiculous. I'm with you on that.
3: It's good value on Will Howard. That's for sure.
4: That is absolutely as. That is just ugh. That just makes me want to throw up. Will Howard's a better quarterback than Jalen Daniels? Arch Manning has better odds than Will Howard. At eight, plus eight thousand.
2: Yeah.
3: hmm Just put ten bucks and the line will come down.
2: Hudson Card plus ten thousand.
4: Are you serious? At Purdue? I don't know,
2: man. Who else we got? I don't even know a lot of these guys. Uh, boop, beep, bing, bong, boom. Um, here we go. Corey Brooks is plus 15,000. Graham Merch is plus 15,000. Now, come on. Uh, Graham Merch is a great kid, but putting him on the same level as Will Howard,
4: the, the game doesn't add up to that. So, that should tell you what they think about Kansas State. Even after winning a Big 12, the quarterback who was one of the better quarterbacks in the conference still has absolutely no name recognition. That is an issue. And If you don't think that those football players know that. K-State is plus 8,000, by the
2: way, to win the NCAA title in football. See, I'd take that
5: 100% over Will Howard winning a Heisman. 10 to win 800? Yeah.
2: Huh. You want to guess who the highest Big 12 team to win the national
4: championship is? Texas. Sooners?
3: Highest is in best odds or worst
4: odds? Best odds. Texas, Oklahoma, TCU, in that order. Sooners? Yeah, Texas. Where, I lost Oklahoma. Where'd they go?
2: Uh, Oklahoma and TCU are tied for second at plus 4,000. Texas is plus
4: 2,000. It's OK State's so fourth? OK State's next, yeah. I believe. What? 8,000? Yeah. Nothing 8, like 000. the team that won the Big 12.
2: Oklahoma State's 10,000. Texas Tech's 15,000. Baylor's 20,000. Kansas is... 30,000 plus 30,000 so to bet 10 you win 3,000 but their quarterback is plus 6,000 how does that make any sense it's the same Arizona's the same Cincinnati's plus 4,000 sorry Cincinnati we gave you an easy schedule Vegas hates you Houston's down there wow okay that's it that's it for that I'm done talking about that
4: That's that's it
2: I'm done talking we went over 30 that's too long we love you. Thank you for listening. Daphne needs attention, so Zach's got to go. Gills has got to work, so Gills has got to go. Maybe Cole and I will just stick around and
0: stare at each other. Thank you for listening to the PowerCat Podcast. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. PowerCat Podcast, all rights reserved. GoPowerCat.com.